0: Didn't bring your Bible? Feel free to flip over to the back of the bulletin. We'll see the passages we're looking at there this morning. If you didn't bring a Bible, or care to follow along in the same translation that I use, Mark, chapter four. We're going to read the first nine verses. Then we'll we'll probably skip a few verses there, just for time's sake. We'll briefly talk about what those verses. Hit on, but just for time's sake, we'll, we'll cut a little bit out today since we've got a couple of long passages here. Mark chapter 4. Let's pray, and we'll jump in. <clears throat> Father God, we come to you today, and we thank you for a good day. God, I pray that you help us not to worry too much about the temperature, dear Lord, but that you keep us warm or cold or whatever we need right now, but I pray that you help our attention to be on you, I pray that you help our hearts to be focused on you, God, and I pray that your Holy Spirit would just just reveal things to us that we need to hear today. God, you know who each of us are and where each of us are in our life, dear Lord. You know what we need, and we need you, but you provide whatever we need in whatever way, and so I pray that you'd meet those needs today. I pray that you would hide me behind the cross, that you would help me to preach and teach in a way that brings glory to you, dear Lord. I pray that you take away any pride or fear I have, and I pray that you just let your Holy Spirit speak through me to each one of us as we look at these words today. And I ask these things in Jesus' name, (coughs) Amen. amen. Mark chapter four, verse one. Again, he began to teach by the sea. Now, this is Jesus speaking here. Again, he began to teach by the sea and a very large crowd gathered around him. So he got into a boat on the sea and sat down while the whole crowd was on the shore facing the sea. Now we can kind of imagine this scene. as It's laid out for us here at the beginning of this chapter. Jesus is constantly uh, pressed upon by large crowds throughout his ministry. There's always a lot of people who were gathered around to see Jesus, and the scene was no different here as he continued to teach the people as he did from place to place. The crowds gathered on the shore and they began to gather around him and it says that he got into a boat and sat down and began to preach. So the scene appears to be Jesus in the boat as the crowds have gathered on the shore Perhaps he was out of space and the crowds were pushing in on him. Maybe he needed to push out from the shore so he could see more of the people and speak, perhaps so more of the people could hear and his voice could go further. Whatever the reason was, Jesus got into this boat and pushed out from the shore a little ways. And as the crowd watched, Jesus began to preach and teach. And what would Jesus preach and teach in this instance? Of all the things that Jesus had done and the things that he had taught and the miracles that he had worked, of all the topics for Jesus to choose, as the crowds begin to gather and he took his place in the boat and he pushed back and Jesus says, let me tell you about gardening. Now of all the things that you would expect Jesus to tell you about, that may not be what the crowds were coming for. I suspect it was not. I don't know if anybody in that crowd that day said, hey, you know what, this Jesus guy's there, and I'm hoping today he'll talk about gardening. Let's go down there and see if we can get a spot. I don't suspect that that was what anybody said, yet of all the things that Jesus Christ could say with a large crowd watching, he begins to talk about how to plant seed and how it grows. And so he begins, verse 2, he taught them many things in parables, And in his teachings, he said to them, Listen, consider the sower who went out to sow. As he sowed, this occurred. Some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it didn't have much soil. And it sprang up right away, since it didn't have deep soil. When the sun came up, it was scorched, and since it didn't have a root, it withered. Other seed fell among thorns and the thorns came up and choked it, and it didn't produce a crop. Still others fell on good ground and produced a crop that increased 30, 60, and 100 times what was sown. Then he said, Anyone who has ears to hear should listen. Now, what in the world was Jesus doing here? I mean, did Jesus think that okay, this is the way that I'm going to reach these people, that I'm going to go and I'm going to tell them how to garden, and it's going to get their attention that people are going to say, whoa, this guy has uncovered the mystery of gardening. All these years we've been doing it wrong. You don't plant the seed in the path. You plant it in good ground. Whoa, this man must be the son of God. Who else could have such information? Now, I don't think that that's what Jesus intended to do there. I don't think that Jesus intended to wow people with his knowledge of gardening. There was nothing that Jesus said here that probably not a single person in the crowd didn't know. Probably everybody there that day said, well, duh, of course you don't plant seed in the rocks, they won't grow. Everybody knew that you planted seed in good ground, and you and I know that too, so why in the world Would Jesus use this technique? Why would he use this method of people who were coming and they were seeking and they had heard the things that Jesus had done and heard the things that Jesus had taught? Why in the world would he talk about gardening? It's not that Jesus talked about gardening because nobody knew how to garden. Jesus talked about gardening because everybody knew how to garden. That's why Jesus chose this topic He chose a topic that was simple that everybody could understand, and he began to tell people how to garden. Now, why did Jesus speak in this way? Now, this story is called a parable, where you take a connection with something that everybody knows about, and then you apply it to the kingdom of God, something important. And Jesus used parables often. And why in the world would Jesus speak in such a way? I mean... Jesus could have just come and he could have said every time he opened his mouth, I am the son of God. I'm going to die on the cross for you. Follow me. He could have said that every time, but yet Jesus oftentimes chose to preach and teach in parables with simple short stories that really everyone could understand. And as we continue to read through this passage in the next few verses, we see this idea of the kingdom of God being a secret. Now, Was God trying to hide the kingdom of God from people so that people wouldn't come into the kingdom of God? Well, absolutely not. God wanted all people to come into the kingdom of God. But see, here's the thing. I bet you, I don't know this for sure, but I bet you that there were some people that heard this part of what Jesus said and they said, this is it? Like, this is the guy we've been hearing about? We've come all this way, we've traveled? and he tells us how to plant seed, and and this is the guy. There were probably some people that day that that that's all they heard was how to plant a garden, and they didn't get anything else out of it. But Jesus chose parables not so that people would be turned off from the kingdom of God, but I think he chose parables so that it would kind of break apart. Okay, who are those who are really going to seek the kingdom of God? Who are those who are really going to hear even the smallest little nugget of information that comes from God, that comes from the Son of God? Who is really going to seek the kingdom of God? Now, even still today, there are some people that maybe just get a smidgen of God's word, that just see a smidgen of God's love through God's people. And there are some people who see that and say, What, well, that's it? I don't I don't care about any of that stuff. And they, they're, they're maybe exposed to God in some way, but they don't seek God out. But but what God wants and what the kingdom of God needs to be made up of and is made up of, of people who seek the Lord. Now, the Lord doesn't just come and hit us over the head with the gospel. Now, you may think that may be a more effective way. Well, I don't think so, or God would have done that. Obviously, the way that God has chosen through parables and through stories and through the scripture that we see is the best way for God to reach us to bring us into the kingdom of God. And so when Jesus spoke in this way to all of the crowd, there were probably some who dismissed what he had to say. But get this, there were some, no doubt, that if Jesus would have come and he would have hit them over the head with the gospel message, guess what? They would have left and said the same thing. I don't wanna hear what this guy has to say. So it really doesn't matter what Jesus would have said, I don't believe, because Jesus said a lot of great things throughout his ministry. And the people that hated him, they hated him. And the people who were going to seek him were going to seek him. It didn't matter what he had to say. Now the question you have to answer is which one of those are you today? Are you the one that comes and maybe you sit in church Sunday after Sunday after Sunday? Are you the one that that accepts what God's word says or you just reject it? Or are you the one that seeks? When you read God's word, you say, okay, God, I don't know what this means. I don't understand what this says, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep reading it. God, I'm seeking you. I want to know it. God, I went to church last Sunday. The sermon wasn't that good. The preacher, he'd been preaching bad sermons five, six weeks in a row, five, six years in a row. But God, I'm going to come and I'm going to seek you. There's a difference between those who seek the Lord and those who don't seek the Lord. And it doesn't matter how good the sermon is, whether it's preached by Jesus or me or somebody else. Those who are going to seek God will seek God. And good news, those of you who seek God, you will find God. But those of you who are not seeking God, who are hearing the Word and it's just just going in one area and out the other, guess what? You won't find Him. Because the key to finding God is not necessarily in how wonderfully the message is presented. The key to finding God is, will you seek Him when you hear the message? whether it's a message about planting seed or whether it's a message of Jesus Christ's cruc- crucifixion and resurrection. Whichever message you hear, they all are to point us to Jesus Christ. They all are to bring us into the kingdom of God. The question is, did you come in this building this morning seeking God and God's kingdom and God's will in your life? And that's why Jesus used parables. In a sense, it kind of weeded out those. Okay, who are those who were going to seek? Now, There were some who probably heard this parable and said, okay, this man is somebody. I've seen what he's done. I've seen how he's lived. Whatever he's saying here, I don't know if I get it, but I want to know what he's talking about. And that's what we see as the passage, passage continues in verse 13. Verse 13, then he said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any of the parables? Now, some of you may come in here this morning or you may read your Bible and, and you may you may see parables and you may not really understand all that the scripture says or all that the parables say. And you may say to yourself, oh no, am I the one who's looking and looking and can't see and hearing and hearing but listening and listening but can't hear? Am I that one that, that I just can't find the kingdom of God? Well, no, if you continue to read the word and seek the word, you are not the one. You are the one who is seeking and so... If there's a passage you don't understand, it's okay. And Jesus asked a question here because even the disciples, you read about the disciples, they didn't know nothing. Man, they didn't understand Jesus half the time. They couldn't figure out what was going on. And Jesus asked a question. Don't you understand this parable? Well, probably not. There were certainly many who had come there seeking Jesus, and they heard it even though they were seeking him. They didn't understand it. And Jesus asked a question. How then will you understand any of the parables? Now that's a good question. That's a good question that you and I need the answer to. We read God's word and sometimes we get it and other times we say, man, what is all this stuff? I don't understand it, God. I don't understand. So how will we understand the parables? The same way the disciples did. Jesus explained it to them, praise the Lord. Now, if you just hear the parable and say, I don't get it, and you go on, you're not going to understand it. But if you say, God, I'm reading your word, I'm reading your parables, I don't understand it. God, how will I understand it? Jesus is the one who gives us the understanding of the parables. So if we want to understand the parables, then we must seek Jesus because he is the one who gives us the answer. It's not whether or not you understand the parable or not. It's whether or not you seek God for understanding to the parable. And so Jesus said, how are you going to understand it? The same way that any of us understand it. He is going to tell us what it means. Now Jesus wasn't just talking about gardening. He was talking about something much greater. And so he takes that example of the seed being planted in the bad ground and, 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 and making it to the good ground eventually uh, he connects that in a way that we can understand spiritually. He says in verse 14, <clears throat> The sower sows the word. These are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, immediately Satan comes and takes away the, the word sown in them okay so he talked about seed planted on the path you plant seed on the road it does not grow eventually the birds come and 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 plug it up i mean it's it's nothing there it's just sitting there easy for the taking and so the seed is the word of god the message of god the gospel message okay this is the word that's getting put out into the world and we are the soil We are the soil that is to receive the seed. And so you open God's word and you read it. Okay, the seed is being poured out on you. Now, what kind of surface are you in your life? What kind of soil are you? Are you hard and rocky like a path? Well, guess what? If that's what our life is like, then the seed will not penetrate. That is, the word will not penetrate very far. The word goes in one ear and out the other ear for this group. As soon as they hear the word, Satan takes it away from them. It, it really doesn't ever begin to grow in any way, shape, or form. Now, as we look at these different, different ways that the seed uh, 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 is planted in different, in different situations, maybe there's a couple of ways we could take this. Perhaps we could say each seed uh, defines a person. Uh, there are some people in here today perhaps that God's word goes in one ear and out the other and the devil does work in your life and you don't think about God's word no more than a man in the moon. You don't think about it while you're here. You don't think about it while you leave, even though it's preached to you, even though you've read it today and seen it, you don't think anything of it. And maybe each of these different things describes different people. Perhaps each of these different things describes all of us at different times in our life. Perhaps even for the Christian, there are times that our heart is like a hardened path, that we read God's Word and we don't think much of it. Perhaps we could take the passage both ways. It applies to people individually. Uh, perhaps it applies to us all at some point in time in our life, even as a Christian. But we have to ask ourselves the question, what soul are we today? Whether you come into this building saved or unsaved, what is the soul of your heart like today? Is it a soul that receives the word of God and all the goodness of the word of God and produces something good for the kingdom of God? Or are you overtaken by other things? Do you not even pay God's word any attention at all? Jesus said "The ones along the path, in one ear and out the other, does them no good. Let's see the next group. Verse 16. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. When they hear the word, immediately they receive it with joy. But they have no root in themselves. They are short-lived. When pressure or persecution comes because of the world, they immediately stumble. Okay, so this next, this next seed is, is a little better. The first seed really had no chance whatsoever. But this next seed, it hears the word of God and it receives it. It says, okay, this is a good word, but it never really roots in it. Perhaps we've been that way in our life. Maybe you are today. You hear God's word and you say, that is a good word. But you don't really let it get rooted in your life because pretty soon you walk out of these doors and the worries of the world and the and, and persecution, you get out into the world, you say, I'm gonna live for Jesus, but then you see a world that's against Jesus and friends and family that may be against Jesus and and you say, well, well, man, that word sounded pretty good, but but you're not really rooted in it. When you get into really hard times, you can't be sustained. You, you kind of fall back into the way of the world. And so some hear God's word, pay it no attention. Others hear God's word and say, that's a good word. But even though they acknowledge it's good, they still don't really live by it. They aren't really rooted in it. That's the second seed that Jesus talked about. Verse 18, others are sown among thorns. These are the ones who hear the word. But the worries of this age, the seduction of wealth, and the desire for other things enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Okay, so this next group is is doing pretty good. This next group is is seed that's sown a, a, a seemingly in good ground, but guess what the problem is? There's thorns that are growing there, okay? Seed will grow in good ground, but all of a sudden when weeds and thorns begin to come into the crop that you have planted, it begins to choke it out and so these seeds they start off doing good they appear as though they are going to produce a crop but then the thorns come in and choke them out what do those thorns represent jesus says those thorns represent the things of the world the desires of the world the wealth of the world now i'll read this this parable throughout the years and and man this this third seed is the one that really jumps out to me because i feel like okay This is is the struggle, right? Maybe not just for me, maybe for some of you too because even though we may be rooted and planted in God, it's always a constant struggle to keep the weeds out, right? If you've ever had a garden before, has anybody ever had a garden that weeds did not come into it? And here's the thing. To grow a garden, you have to prep the soil, you have to plant the seed, you have to fertilize it, you have to water it, and if everything works out just right and you keep the animals away, you might produce a good crop. But what do you have to do to grow weeds and thorns? Nothing. They grow on their own. You don't have to do a thing for a weed and a thorn to grow. And maybe that's the point, right? To have a garden that's going to produce fruit, you have to work at it. It has to be kept. It has to be maintained. The weeds have to be taken out. The thorns have to be taken out. And so for us, if we are in Christ and we're rooted and we're growing, then we need to make sure that we take some of the weeds and the thorns out of our life because they're going to come regardless of whether we want them or not. You cannot find, I don't think... A single piece of land that can produce any kind of vegetation that weeds and thorns will not ultimately overtake it. Try it. If you've got a nice, clean, empty field, don't do anything to it for about 10 years and see what it looks like. It's going to be overtaken. The enemy is always at work. Sin is always at work in our life. The desires of the world, the temptations of sin are always on us. And so it requires us to work at our life. Okay, God, I need my soul to be in good shape. I need to be in your word. I need to be watered by Jesus Christ. And I need to do a little pruning. I need to make sure the thorns are cut back. And you got to watch those thorns. They'll get you sometimes. But that's what our life is. We have to work at it. We can't just say, okay, God, I'm going to live for you. And there's never going to be any troubles or heartaches or trials or bad things or sin or temptation. Because there are always going to be those things but we cannot allow those things to overtake us. Now, Jesus gives us three examples of here, uh, here of, <laughs> of bad situations. You plant seed on the path, it ain't gonna grow. You plant seed on a rock, shocker, it ain't gonna grow. You plant seed among thorns, it, it gives you the impression that it's gonna grow, but if those thorns aren't dealt with, those thorns are gonna take over the good seed. Do we fall in any of those categories in our life today? Maybe even as... A Christian today, maybe you say my path, my heart is a little hard this morning. Maybe you say my heart is a little rocky. Some of God's word gets through, but not enough. Maybe you were pretty well-rooted at one time, but maybe the things of the world are beginning to choke out your relationship with God. Well, those are not the places we want to be in. We want to be in better places. What God desires for us is to be those who produce fruit. That's what he says in verse 20. But the ones sown on good ground are those who hear the word, welcome it, and produce a crop. 30, 60, and 100 times what was sown. That's what should be our desire today is that we are soil that is ready to be cultivated. That when we come and we hear the word of God, whatever God's word speak to us, that we say, okay, God, I want you to tuck this away in my heart so that it will grow in me. Maybe it's something we're not struggling with and we read about it and say, okay, God, I see this. Help my heart to be protected from this. God, I see see your word talks about this, that, and the other, and I don't struggle with this sin right now, but God, help me never to struggle with this sin. God, I do struggle with this sin. Help me to struggle with this. God, let your word come into my life. Let me accept your word. Let me grow by your word so that I produce a crop, dear Lord, so that I live for you in a good way, that I'm a good example for those around me. God, so that when people see me, they see your love. God, so that through me, people can hear your word, so that people can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, so that I can produce a crop. What about us this morning? How much crop are we producing? There may be some of you this morning and you may be honest with yourself and you may say, right now, I am, a, I am a, a stony ground. There may be some of you that say that today. Well, if you recognize that, praise the Lord. When we recognize those times in our life, it's great. Some of you may come in here today and you may say, you know what, I'm, I'm choked out by the thorns. Others of you may come in here and you may say, I'm... I'm producing a little crop. How much crop are we producing today? Are we producing any crop for the Lord today? Maybe we're producing a lot of crop for the Lord today. Isn't it interesting, even among the good seed, that not all produce the same amount of crop, some 30, some 60, some 100. Even among God's people, there are some that that God is going to use in a way that, that maybe are going to produce more, as we can say that, for the kingdom of God than others, and that's okay. But the question is, are we producing any crop? God's not going to use us all in the same way, but we need to be producing some crop in our life. And we can only produce crop for the kingdom of God when we are seeking Jesus Christ. We can only produce crops for the kingdom of God when Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. When we say, God, my soul needs to be planted with better seed. Now, we all have bad seed in us, We all have the seed of thorns and weeds. But what Jesus wants to do is take those things out of our life. He wants to plant better seeds of love and compassion and mercy and grace. That's what Jesus wants to produce in our life. That's the crop that needs to be produced. You say, okay, well, I want to produce crop. How do I know am I producing crop? Well, it's easy. Do you love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength? If you do, all right, you're producing a little crop. Do you love your neighbor as yourself? Do you? If you do, good news, you're producing a little crop. Do you have love and compassion and grace and mercy and gentleness and kindness and humility? Maybe you have some of those. Maybe you have all of those. But as we see those things in our life and those qualities in our life and those fruit of the Spirit being produced in our life, that's how we can gauge and say, okay, am I producing a crop? Maybe today you're not producing any crop. I want to tell you through Jesus Christ, he wants to transform your life and forgive your sins. And he wants to take a a barren soil that's, that's good for nothing and he wants to turn it into a beautiful garden that produces something for the kingdom of God. Maybe you're here today and you've already put your faith in Jesus Christ. Maybe you realize, you know what? I need to produce a little more than what I'm producing. Ask God to help you see those areas maybe that need a little work, that need a little cultivating. Maybe a couple of rows of your garden are doing pretty good, but maybe there's a couple of rows that you've neglected. Maybe you're loving and forgiving, but maybe you have a bad attitude. Whatever it may be, we all have areas in our life that need to be worked on, and it's through Jesus Christ that he can weed out the sin. He can weed out all of the thorns and all of the junk in our life and bring forgiveness of our sins. Jesus gives us such beautiful words in these parables, and these parables are given... For those who would seek Him. I hope today that we are those who seek the kingdom of God because we will find it. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you. We thank you for your good word. And I pray that you help us not to, not to miss you in your word. Sometimes we do, dear Lord. Sometimes we are just as clueless as the disciples. We hear and see something that, that Jesus did and, and we're not so sure what to make of it. But God, just as Jesus was so faithful to explain to his disciples what was what, God, so we get that explanation in your word. Dear Lord, we don't always understand what we see in your word, but God, we want to be those who seek you. We want to be those who do not miss Jesus Christ. God, we thank you that we can come here freely today and be in this house to worship you. And God, I pray that as we spend these few minutes here closing, that maybe some come in here today, dear Lord, and their their heart was hard, dear Lord, like that path. God, I pray that if they've heard your word today, that, that they're pondering it. They're thinking on it right now, that it has not just gone in and gone out. God, maybe there are some in here today and and they're kind of rocky ground and they've heard it and they know it's a good word, but they've never really trusted in Jesus Christ. They've never really lived by your word. God, maybe there are some in here today that are yours or are not yours, and and they really do hear your word. They really do want to live by it, but God, there's a constant battle between the things of the world. Well, God, we can win that battle through Jesus Christ and I pray that if anybody's fighting it today that they'd seek you. That whatever the thorns and the, and the weeds are that is sprung up in their life, that God, that they would that they would come to you and ask you to help them get through it. That you'd forgive us of our sins, dear Lord, and, and cause us to be those who produce a good crop. God, I pray that if there are some in this room that do not know Jesus Christ today, that they would. God, I pray that Maybe there's some in this room that are yours and they're producing a little crop but maybe they see areas where they need to they need to do a little pruning in their life. Some areas where they need you to help them with, with things that they struggle with. Dear Lord, we all have them. But God, I pray that you would help us to be those who produce. Produce more tomorrow than we did today. God, just help us to always be growing in the right direction, dear Lord. God, I thank you for the beautiful words of Jesus. I thank you for the way He taught us, and I pray that we don't miss the the beauty of his word and the beauty, most importantly, God, of his message. We thank you, God, not only that he brought the message, but also that he gave his life to fulfill that message so that we may be forgiven. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.